Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 31st of January, 2022, the 29th of Shvat, 5782, coming to you today from beautiful Jerusalem, just outside the walls of the old city. Hope you are well. Hope you are safe in your part of the world. You can always get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, Joshua Haston or Josh Haston, Israel Journalism. On Twitter at Josh Haston and on Instagram as well. We had a snowstorm here in this part of the country here in Israel just a couple days ago. It was unbelievable to see. We had about 8 to 10 inches of snow in Gush Etzion, a little bit less in Jerusalem, but just really, really beautiful to have snow in the land of Israel. Love the snow. And hopefully we will be getting much more precipitation as the winter goes on and the Kinneret continues to rise. And it is a true blessing to see rain and snow here in the land of Israel. Let's get to the news, folks. Late last night, as I was watching the NFL championship games, uh, air defenses intercepted a ballistic missile fired by the Iran-backed Houthis over Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates, this reported by the Jerusalem Post, as Israeli President Isaac Herzog was conducting an official visit to the country. Again, this happened last night. Now, coincidence, uh, did they fire because the president was there? I don't really believe in coincidence. I would say yes, they probably intentionally. I mean, they did it several days ago as well, if I'm not mistaken. The Houthis, uh, about a week ago, intercepted two ballistic missiles fired. Uh, so rather, the United Arab Emirates intercepted two ballistic missiles fired by the Houthis toward uh, that, that Gulf country. But yesterday, President Herzog was there. Also, a lot of amazing images from Herzog visiting the UAE with the playing of Hatikva. And from what I understand, the president was able to say Kaddish, the Jewish prayer, the morning prayer, because he just lost his mother a few weeks ago. So those were some pretty powerful powerful images. But back to the story here. Reports of air defenses being activated came out shortly after, after the Houthis announced they would be releasing details about a large-scale military operation in the, the depths of the UAE. So, you know, they've made threats, and they tried last week to fire two missiles. And here you have another... Missile fired with Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, there in the country. No injuries, according to the Emirati defense ministry, uh, in the attacks or damage. Uh, the remnants of the missile fell in an unpopulated area. So we're going to have to keep our eyes out on what's going on there in Yemen and the Houthis who are firing now. Uh, I guess the second time in recent weeks at the UAE. We'll have to keep our eyes out and pay attention to that area of the world. Of course, this has been going on for a while now in terms of the Houthis. For more than six years, they have been battling a Saudi-led coalition that includes the UAE, repeatedly carrying out cross-border missile and drone attacks on Saudi Arabia. And then on January the 17th, launching that unprecedented assault and then another rocket or missile rather yesterday. Here's a topic that we have discussed in the past. The fact that the people of Gaza 
finally understand who's to blame for any troubles, misfortunes, poverty, or anything else that is taking place there in uh, in their lives down in Gaza. No, it's not Israel's fault. It is Hamas's fault. And I'll get to this article here by Khal Abu Tuami and yesterday's Jerusalem Post, but I've said it time and time again, it's time to bolster the people of Gaza who understand that Hamas must go instead of just arbitrarily sending truck after truck after truck into Gaza with supplies, which Hamas then uses to um, to build more missiles, more rockets, and not to build schools and hospitals and whatnot. So the article says the following, Palestinians have launched a new social media campaign to protest Hamas's rule of the Gaza Strip, holding the Islamist movement responsible for poverty, unemployment, and harsh economic and humanitarian conditions. The anti-Hamas campaign titled They Hijacked Gaza, this is unbelievable, came following a report by the Geneva-based Euromed Human Rights Monitor, which said that about 1.5 million of the Gaza Strip's total population of 2.3 million have become impoverished due, this is what the report said, due to the Israeli blockade and restrictions imposed since 2006. Okay, that's what the report says. However, several anti-Hamas activists rejected the attempt to shift the blame onto Israel. This is unbelievable. They condemned Hamas for its alliance with Iran and other Iranian-backed terrorist groups in the Middle East. Who said, this is a quote, who said that the Israeli so-called occupation is the reason for the situation in Gaza? Asked a resident of the Gaza Strip, Hossam El Maron. Does the occupation impose taxes? They refer to Israel as the occupation. Do they impose taxes? Is the occupation collecting $30 million in taxes, in taxes on cigarettes and tobacco every month? Again, these are not Zionists here talking. They're referring to Israel as the occupation. But on the other hand, is the occupation responsible for the emigration of 60,000 young people? All of these complaints, taxes, emigration, all the things going on in Gaza, poverty, all of this stuff, this group is blaming on Hamas. Hamas wants to appease Iran, which has destroyed Arab cities, says this group, this anti-Hamas group. Again, first of all, unbelievable. Not the first time we've talked about this, but perhaps a trend here. More and more groups in Gaza recognizing the fact that their problems are being caused by Hamas and not by Israel. Israel, which does everything in order to improve the situation there, the trucks I mentioned before, bringing in supplies, letting people into Israel for humanitarian reasons and whatnot. But Hamas, an Iranian proxy, keeping the people there in misery as they line their own pockets. And the group also calls out Hamas. How did the siege that made me poor, asks one of the uh, activists, make you wealthy, he asks Hamas. So that is the reality in Gaza. We should support these people. But let's not replace Hamas with the Palestinian Authority. That doesn't do any good. That doesn't do anybody any favors. Let's get rid of these anti-Israel hating terror organizations, whether they're in suits or have beards or pretend that they are peace partners. 
whoever it is, all of these people need to go. And the best thing to do is support those who want to see them go. The population of Gaza who is willing to put their lives on the line and risk speaking out against Hamas, those are the ones we should be supporting. The Jewish press reports that Avi Zinger, the CEO and owner of Ben & Jerry's Israel, let's not get confused between Ben & Jerry's Israel and Ben & Jerry's in Vermont, okay, two different entities. Zinger sent a letter to Prime Minister Naftali Bennett calling on him to take action against Unilever Global, that's Ben & Jerry's parent company, following its boycott of the Jewish state. Unilever stated in July it was ending sales in Israel as, quote, we believe it is inconsistent with our values for Ben & Jerry's ice cream to be sold in what they call the occupied Palestinian uh, territory. Zinger, the Israeli license owner, refused Ben & Jerry's demand to withdraw his sales from Judea and Samaria, and Unilever announced it would not renew its license. Okay, we know the story about Ben & Jerry's and their boycott. The parent company, Unilever, they're the ones who uh, released that statement because of uh, Israeli control over Judea and Samaria. But Zinger, the CEO of Ben & Jerry's Israel, again, that's its, uh, its own private entity, said that Unilever operates without interruption in Israel and receives unprecedented regulatory benefits, and the IDF continues to purchase products worth millions of shekels a year from the company. So the, the CEO of Ben & Jerry's Israel is saying, Israel, he's calling on the government, he's saying, why are we, why are we supporting Unilever here in Israel? We've told the world to boycott Ben & Jerry's, to stop buying Unilever products, yet here in Israel, we are still doing business with Unilever. A 2011 Knesset law calls for the implementation, calls for rather immediate sanctions against a company that boycotts the Jewish state. In other words, bottom line, let's not be hypocrites here in Israel. If we are calling on the rest of the world and you have different states in the U.S., such as New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Texas, and Arizona, who are withdrawing investments, holdings, and pension funds out of Unilever because of anti-boycott laws, why aren't we doing the same thing here in Israel? And that is a valid question. It's an important question. I always ask this when we call on other nations to stop uh, funding the Palestinian Authority because of their pay-for-slay program. Why does Israel turn over the taxes we collect uh, under the Oslo Accords. That's what Israel does. We collect and turn over the tax revenues to the Palestinian Authority. Sometimes we suspend them and then we turn around a couple months later and we go ahead and release those funds. Why does Israel release those funds and at the same time demand that the world stop funding the Palestinian Authority? And in this case, why do we call on the rest of the world to boycott Unilever, and then Israel and the IDF is doing business with Unilever. I shouldn't blame the IDF, but the IDF via uh, the Israeli government is doing business with, with Unilever. Let's not be hypocrites. This is our own cause. Let's stop doing business with a company that is threatened to 
boycott Israel. All right, we need to get on board. It makes no sense. And Unilever, by the way, on the Simon, Simon Wiesenthal Center, global anti-Semitism top 10 list in 2021 for boycotting the state of Israel. And of course, we know about the head of Ben and Jerry's here, the chairwoman who has a track record of endorsing BDS, defending Hezbollah and Hamas terrorist groups. That's who they are. If the rest of the world is willing to boycott Unilever and Ben and Jerry's, then we should do so as well. I completely support um, Avi Zinger there, the CEO of Ben and Jerry's, for calling out our own government. See, sometimes you have to call out your own government when something isn't kosher, when something isn't right. And that is certainly the case here. Uh, the Jerusalem Post reported that an upcoming Amnesty International report labeling Israel as an apartheid state seeks to criminalize the existence of the Jewish state as the national homeland of the Jewish people. Uh, uh, this is a claim by NGO Monitor, an important organization that does great work. So they are calling out Amnesty International, like several other groups, so-called, they call them left-wing NGOs. I don't think they're left-wing. I think they're anti-Israel, hater NGOs, radicals, who are officially accusing Israel of apartheid. Amnesty would be the fourth such organization in the last two years to come out and refer to Israel as an apartheid state. Um, NGO Monitor obtained a copy of the report, which is due out Tuesday, and tweeted a page of the document plus commentary. It said the purpose of the report is to characterize the right of Jews to sovereign equality in their historic homeland as a violation of the international legal order. So Amnesty International, no surprise here, coming out against the Jewish state, wanting to label Israel an apartheid state, approving of sanctions, boycotts. They want to arrest Israeli officials. All this attacking the Jewish state, attacking Israel's right to exist. And ironically, NGO Monitor points out that much of the Arab world is moving towards peace with Israel, but Amnesty wants to return to the Cold War, state boycotts, Soviet propaganda. That's what NGO Monitor said in a statement. Um, so again, another phony, phony human rights organization that holds Israel to a different standard, um, that lives and breathes uh, boycotting Israel and launching these scathing attacks against the Jewish state. So let's, uh, let's prepare for that report uh, set to come out tomorrow. Archaeological terrorism in Gush Etzion. I saw the original report here from the Israel Hayom Hebrew Daily. The Jewish press reported on this as well. Archaeological terrorism. We have agricultural terrorism. We have physical terrorism, violence, terror attacks. And we have archaeological terrorism as well. The Shomrim Al-Hanetzach organization issued an urgent call to the government to act to save a 2,000-year-old aqueduct. This is in my neighborhood in Gush Etzion, that is being ground by Arabs into pebbles for construction. They are destroying a 2,000-year-old aqueduct. This is archaeological terrorism. Okay? Shomrim al translated as preserving eternity. A watchdog group dedicated to protecting Israel's archaeological treasures has discovered that Arabs operating an illegal factory in Beit Fajar, in Gush Etzion, 
took about two kilometers from a second temple period aqueduct and ground it into gravel for construction. This is an outrage. This is an outrage that they have already destroyed two kilometers from a 2,000-year-old structure there, an aqueduct. Aqueduct led water from the area to Solomon's Pools just outside of Bethlehem and from there to ancient Jerusalem. There's a whole system of aqueducts in Gush Etzion, which is higher than Jerusalem, which brought in water to the holy city of Jerusalem. And Arabs are destroying our 2,000-year-old aqueduct, and we are doing nothing about it right now. And this is, again, this is nothing new. Antiquities, the, re- the report here says, Antiquities in Judea and Samaria face a constant danger of destruction. Grave robbers and antiquities thieves from the Palestinian Authority carry out illegal digs and excavations all the time. It affects all sites that are not under the preservation of the Antiquities Authority in Judea and Samaria. Uh, the report here says that 95% of the archaeological sites have been robbed, vandalized, vandalized, or disturbed. What is our government doing? It's not just this government. It's been happening for years. So I'm not getting into this is Naftali Bennett and Prime Minister Bennett's fault. This has been happening for years and years. Archaeological sites being destroyed in Judea and Samaria and in other places in the country as well. And we are doing, what are we doing about it? Where's the civil administration? Where's the defense ministry? Why aren't they sending the army? Why aren't they doing something? Why aren't they arresting those who carried this out? Let's see how it plays out. Maybe they'll make some arrests here, but this has to stop. They're destroying. I mean, we, we know, of course, the destruction which took place and the desecration on the Temple Mount back in 2000 with, with thousands of tons of archaeology essentially taken off the Temple Mount and dumped in the Kidron Valley uh, by the Waqf there. And they're still sifting through all that material which was taken off the Temple Mount, the ancient, the ancient connection between the Jewish people and the land of Israel, essentially, which they were trying to destroy. And now it's happening in Judea and Samaria as well. Speaking of some of our hostile neighbors, the Jewish press reports that Arab terrorists fired at an IDF jeep that was driving in Samaria on Saturday night. No injuries reported. The IDF vehicle was hit by bullets. I would call this a miracle. IDF has launched a search for the shooters. This is the the third shooting attack in the area in a week. Speculation that these may these attacks may be carried out by the same terror cell. In the other incidents, terrorists fired at an IDF military post in Samaria on Tuesday night, no injuries, and there was a drive-by shooting on a military post near the city of Shem. Uh, so you here you have three different shooting attacks, perhaps one cell carrying them out. Please, God, no one will be hurt. And please, God, we will catch this Palestinian Authority terror cell driving around and shooting at, uh, at IDF forces. Some sad news here reported by various media outlets. This from the Jerusalem Post. Esther Pollard, Pollard, Esther Pollard wife of Jonathan Pollard, passed away this morning after being rushed to Adasa Ain Karim Hospital's COVID-19 intensive care unit uh, suffering from septic shock. The funeral will take place today, Monday, here in Jerusalem at the Har HaMenuchot Cemetery. Pollard was fighting uh, breast cancer for years. She then was positive for uh, COVID. And uh, reports here that she had a t- uh, 
she had recovered from a bad case of the virus, but apparently not. Um, but that, plus the cancer, which she was fighting for years, she passed away at the age of 68 with her husband, Jonathan Pollard, by her side. So sad news there on the passing of Esther Pollard. May her memory be a blessing. Finishing the show on some positive news, uh, Israel 21C reports that ambulances throughout Israel are getting outfitted with easy-to-install cabin air filters that transform the vehicle's air conditioning unit into an active air purifier. This is a medical-grade filtration system uh, put together or, or uh, created here by a company called the AL Group. And they actually, it says here, they donated the system to MADA, Magendavira Dom, Israel's National Emergency Response Organization. The filter's safety and benefits were approved by Eitan Israeli, CEO of the Israeli Biohazard Institute. Tested in third-party laboratories, the technology has proven to be 99.15% effective against coronavirus, influenza, and other airborne viruses and was included in the 2021 Top 10 Emerging Technologies in Chemistry by the International Union of Pure Applied Chemistry. So here you have this air filter which makes the cabin of an ambulance safe so that somebody being transported to a hospital does not get uh, sick or even more sick than they already are with uh, the flu, corona, whatever it is. Uh, this AL group is headquartered in Ashdod, Israel, uh, it has a global presence in Europe, North America, and Asia. They actually have 1,350 employees and over 4,000 filtration products. So, you anti-Israel BDS haters out there, if you are living in one of these countries that is going to install um, an AL group air filtration system, don't. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't put this system in your ambulances, in your homes, in your offices, wherever the case is, whatever product this AL group provides. It is made in Israel. It is not for you, you BDS anti-Israel haters. Don't be a hypocrite and do not purchase this technology. Just another example of Israel contributing to the world, whether it's in technology, in medical devices, in agriculture, whatever it is, in your cell phone, of course, your computer, do not purchase uh, these products made in Israel if you are a BDS hater, or we will call you out as a hypocrite. That's my advice to you. And that is going to do it for today. For the 31st, man, January just flew. We are already at February, uh, my birthday month on the English calendar. So looking forward to the month of February. It's the 31st of January, 2022, 29th of the Shvat, 5782. We'll wish you a Chodesh Tov, Chodesh Adar. The first Adar, it's a leap year on the Jewish calendar. Adar, uh, Rosh Chodesh Adar starts this evening and is on Tuesday and Wednesday. The Jewish community around the world will be commemorating, celebrating, is a better term, the new month the first of two Adars leading up to, of course, the holiday of Purim and then Passover right around the corner. We are officially two and a half months away from Passover. And that's going to do it for today. Shout out to Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Benjamin Breski 
engineer extraordinaire. My name is Josh Haston, and this has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Joshua Haston. Find me. Uh, happy to read your emails on the air. Let me know what you think of any of the news items discussed on today's show or anything going on here in the Jewish state of Israel. Coming to you again from just outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. Hope you are well. Hope you are safe in your part of the world. And please, God, we will speak again next Monday from the eternal capital of the Jewish people in the state of Israel, Jerusalem. Have a great week. Be safe, everybody. Shalom, shalom. This is Eve Harrow for the Land of Israel Network, hearing views and interviews with fascinating people, some well-known, others homegrown, about places I guide, ideas I have to get you thinking too. It's about the land. It's about my people. It's about our collective journey. Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow on the Land of Israel Network. Listen in. Share the ride.